Can you turn you down in my headphones? Is that no. possible? No. Turn you, me up, and you down. Yeah, is that what you want? <laughs> I want to hear less of you and more of me. Um, <laughs> Just trying to amplify his own voice. We don't call it front and center for no reason. Well, who do you think is front? Three, two, one. Kevin. What's up, Alex? <laughs> I mean, I assume people have already heard your voice from the intro, but um, we'll see. We'll see what I keep in there. Kevin does not have a voice. Well, uh, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, <clears throat> I completely blew it out this weekend. Kevin um, has 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 is joining the pod with. Uh, he is vocally um, impaired. Yeah, it's maybe a little uh, unprofessional for a professional podcaster to show up to work with a without a voice. Yeah, Kevin. I had no choice. Yeah. As a podcaster, I think we don't really require much as an operation here. I There's know. only two things we really need now that I think about it. Uh, we have need things to talk about and then the ability to talk. Yeah. I had one job. You did have one job. Uh, so Kevin's going to do his very best to try to uh, talk and to try to be a podcast host. Um, I guess it, it should be worth uh, addressing exactly how Kevin lost his voice. And you're going to be shocked to hear this. Uh, it was uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. So, um, Kevin, uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the moment in which you lost your voice? Cause I yeah, I mean, basically, I was chilling the whole game. I was pretty tired. Um, and we weren't really playing that well. And then in the fourth quarter, on the goal line, the Ravens went for a sneak, popped the ball out. It lands in my Cincinnati's finest, my former high school teammate, Sam Hubbard's arms, and he takes it 98 yards back to the house, and I just fucking erupt. I was popping off. No, There was literally nobody in this bar, and I was just like going the fuck off. Oh, you were in a, a public place? Yeah, I was in a public place. Oh, my God. And I was just going off. There's like literally nobody actually watching that game. Why? They all left after the Giants. Oh, so no one was like stuck around to watch no. the Bengals? I mean, there was like some people. Where they, were you? I was at Clara's in Bushwick. It's a good sports bar. Okay. Arden said she's never seen me yell like that before. <laughs> uh, clearly by my voice, you could tell I, I blew it out. Um, so it wasn't a, a sustained screaming? It no, wasn't- it was literally like it was literally like two or three minutes of me just popping the fuck off on that play. It was greatest play I've ever seen in my life. Again, I think if you're screaming all night at the TV or live in, you know, at a game and you're sort of like wear down your voice, to lose it in one moment is pretty goddamn impressive. And I, I for whatever reason, I assumed you were at home screaming at oh, television. No. I mean, I would have been screaming at home too. No, of course. But like the fact that you were in a public place and your screaming was this loud to literally blow out your whole vocal cords is impressive honestly. i mean it was a big moment i i could feel the adrenaline like literally coursing through my veins and my fucking <laughs> hands were shaking it was fucking sick i love football yeah i mean you guys uh listeners know that kevin and i are both football fans we are both sports fans we try not to talk um too much about sports uh sports not make this sports center um it is front center design podcast but um, we can't help ourselves and let's be honest the Bengals and the giants both had Pretty miraculous victories this weekend. Big dubs. And I will say that play, obviously I was watching, it, it turned everything around. It was a total like um, swing of, 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 of energy and mood and uh, momentum. And it was, yeah, to go from 
about you were about to be down a touchdown, right? And then yeah, we weren't up, doing shit on and offense. You weren't. Either. You didn't look great, and so the whole it. Yeah, you won that game. It was a game-winning play from your own uh, old high school teammate. And as soon as I saw that he was the one taking it the other way, I was like, "Oh my god, Kevin's fucking." Oh my god! Yeah, that's your guy. That's my guy. And you've got a jersey. You have a jersey. Oh yeah, I got a jersey. I'll be wearing it at uh, Highmark Stadium next week as we <sighs> face the Buffalo Bills. Oh my god! My status for next week's podcast is questionable. Oh my god! I think we might actually need to like. We might need to push it back. Push it back, or get a replacement, or you third mic, a third mic. Because I, I think again today you you actually sound horrific, but you sound better than you sounded. I'm bringing it. You're 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 really digging I'm, deep. I'm pushing through, but. Next week, if you're going to be there in person, Bills, I mean, uh, after the DeMar Hamlin you know, game that you were at that, that didn't happen, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah, you're, I mean, you don't stand a chance. Guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to speak for the rest of the week. So, All right. Well, good thing we only record one podcast a week. So, Kevin, uh, we appreciate you digging deep. And uh, sorry to the, to the fans and the listeners that have to um, deal with Kevin's scratchy voice. Um, we're doing the best we can. But it, Kevin did come into the – office today pretty excited to record with this voice i will be honest so yeah i'm like jordan with the flu he's excited um we won't talk too much more football other than to say a win is a win is a win and i'll say the same thing about my new york football giants pretty exciting uh pretty good play by daniel jones yeah, and damn daniel and uh coaching has been great all year and uh saquon Sa- playoff saquon uh, emerged two touchdowns looked pretty fast and uh, I've talked myself into the fact that we could beat the Eagles, um, which is um, how you know I'm, I'm losing uh, reality. Because I think possible. I think we could beat them. I will say, um, and Kevin and I were texting quite a bit, we had a hard time stopping just about any play from the Vikings. So it was like one of those games where it's just like, oh, if we, were, if we want to win this game, A, we need the ball last, <laughs> and we need to like make one stop. And we did in the end. We or we just need to score a lot of points. We did that. We needed to make like a key stop in the end of the game and just score as on every possession. And they 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 did that. So shout out to us. We're both uh, we're both on to the next round. Yeah, big football heads. Big football heads. Pretty exciting. Um, great weekend for football. Uh, if you're a fan, if you're not, you're like Alex, Kevin. We don't give a shit about this. But for those people who do love sports and design. Um, yeah, football is the best. It really is the best, and it's just so fun to watch those games. And um, yeah, we're sports bros. Yeah, we're design. We're design bros. We're design bros. And at least I self-identify as a design bro, and I love I love sports, and uh, I do. Um, yeah, it was it was a, just a phenomenal weekend of really fun games to watch. So oh yeah, so um, good. And also a three day weekend, Kevin. Um, off day, you skied. Yeah, I went skiing. So with the voice. Oh yeah, you were like. I mean, I guess it's a good place to go when you um, don't have a voice. You don't really talk too much. Yeah, I mean, I was scaring people on the lift when they would like ask me a question. Oh, you're like, hey, I'm Kevin. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like I'm a fucking habitual <laughs> smoker yeah. of like yeah. 45 years, two yeah. packs a day. Yeah. Um, where'd you go, Hunter? <laughs> Kevin has to drink uh, hot tea before he answers every question because. I think it's it's helping his throat. It's pretty bad. It's never been this bad before. You have lost your voice uh, before, though. This it's just not been the a first little raspy. This, one, feel, this one's fully blown. I gotta say, Kevin. Also, like, um, I'm gonna be a little critical. Load management. Come on, Kevin. Like, we got this is 
in the Bengals I know, like I couldn't help it. wild card weekend. You blow out your voice at least like get to the divisional round or the I AFC Championship before you. You know, I mean, I guess it was it was it was a, a combination of of, of play and and pers- personnel and um, moments and I it was the it, perfect storm. The perfect storm, a beautiful play, um, Kevin. For 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 my Monday and for a lot of my weekend when I wasn't watching football, um, I have a new reality show obsession and I need to come clean about it go off it's called love island and uh for people out there that watch reality shows or have been listening to the pod for a while they know that i love reality shows the trashier the better and i've been sort of a housewife guy i've been sort of bravo head million dollar listings i've watched you know a bunch of really really arguably terrible reality programs over the years and i do love them I uh, watch a lot of the Netflix ones, you know, kind of that new age shit, like Love is Blind and and, and really some really garbage television. And so people have been telling me for years and years and years, you got to watch Love Island, specifically the UK, the British show. And I was like, I don't fully get it. And I haven't really watched any of it or hadn't heard of it. I just knew that the seasons were really long. And I was like, that seems like a lot. Like those seasons are really tough to get through. So I'm on episode 64. That's not a joke. That's a legitimate episode number. Holy shit. For Love Island UK. And I've been watching season eight, which is the last season. They just started a new season yesterday, which is season nine. But I was watching the previous season. I've been watching for the past like maybe month or two. And I am now almost at the very end, 64. And I knocked out a ton of episodes this weekend. Wife was not feeling so well. And so we kind of stayed home. and. That is the best show I've ever watched on TV. And if you watch the show, reach out to me, DM me. It's incredible. It's truly the best reality television show that I've ever seen. It is the most enjoyable thing. The fact that I could watch 65 episodes of anything is, 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 you know, just, just got to give it up to, uh, the content is, is top tier and the British, uh, finding beautiful British people falling in love and the, is is all I've ever needed, and truly, it makes every other show that I've ever watched or other shows I'm watching seem truly just like filler, because this is the best thing I've ever seen. Hang his hoodie in the rafters. No, I mean it's just like it's. Someone said I saw yesterday. It's the only show that brings me joy. Um, that wasn't me, but I I corroborate that. That that to me, it's just like it's just there on good days and bad days and. You know, I told you I'm trying to get a little bit more, um, in, you know, into uh, yeah, fight and shape these uh, for 2023, more water, Hell more yeah. sleep. And uh, maybe I'm going to try to replace food, which is my my, my biggest vice with um, Love Island. That's really that's really what it comes down to. Um, so, do you, do you ever watch Penn Island? No. What is that? Oh, is that a joke? Yeah, it's a joke. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's just more for me. Still got. Still got. <laughs> Still got it, Kevin. So, um, yeah, in line with the sports talk, we have some sports stories here. We'll start with the first one, which is um story comes from ESPN. And uh, the story is uh, Dennis Collin. He uh, was nine years old when he became a meme. You may know him as the Popeye's drink kid. And so um, this started on Vine, which um, I had never actually seen the original video. But you really recognize the sort of uh, you know you, if you if you've seen the photo, it is a uh, a boy with a Popeye's cup, staring kind of just like at 
at camera, kind of like, get the shit out of here. Yeah, he's giving him the side eye. He's he's kind of yeah. He's known for just like fuck out of here is the expression, and it's 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 in its purest form. And so this is this this gif and a photo, right? It's just like it's just like one of those internet canon images. He's just a meme that represents something. You know what I mean? Like Michael Jackson eating the popcorn. Like I don't know. There's just some gifs and images that just speak louder than words ever can. Yeah, this is a big reaction one. It's a reaction image or Jonah Hill going like this, like like there's just some meme internet people that just have they 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 kind of turn into like emojis. They're just like responses and uh reactions. And so this kid is um now no longer a kid. Apparently that's how time works. And he is a uh, college football player. He plays at um, Lake Erie College in Ohio. So, Kevin, it all comes back to Ohio always. Ohio football, baby. And so with the new rules for college athletes being able to get paid for their likeness and take on you know, sort of sponsorships, it makes all the sense in the world that Popeye's would sort of make a deal with him and they put up a billboard. It says from memes to dreams and it's him in the original meme and then him today um, kind of looking like pregame, like in a uh, you know, sort of a warm-up gear. And so um, this obviously took the internet by storm because I think a lot of people see these memes, they watch these memes, they use these memes, and then they, it's always the question like, whatever hap- what happens to that guy, that person? Well, yeah, but it recirculated because an image of him winning the state champ he, he won the state championship in New Jersey last okay. year, two yeah. years ago, and there was an image that resurfaced of him with the trophy, looking that same, uh, doing the same pose, and so that kind of sparked this revival of the image and the meme. Great, and this is this is again, this is when the internet and um, brands and just like it, it just it it just makes all the sense in the world, and it actually brings joy to lots of people. <laughs> this is the good side of the internet. And yeah, this is lit. This is incredible. And I think, you know, if you're if you're Popeyes, you know, this is the right move. You find this kid and you sort of uh, give him some 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 money um and you kind of uh, bring him in the mix, which is incredible. And so it's he said, I just want to thank everyone for for in the comments tagging Popeyes and it said he it led him to where he is now and he's grateful. So I love that because I think a lot of times these people that appear in these memes that maybe didn't even want this type of attention or sort of, uh, you know, they didn't want to be kind of uh, internet fodder. He's, 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 uh, he's leveraging it. He's not mad at it and he's thankful for it. And it's like, and it's helping him. And if this could help him, you know, I don't know how, is he good at football? Do you think he has a potential or? I mean, it's hard to say. Lake Erie is a pretty low division, but yeah. So this good, could, good for him. Yeah, good for him, and good for him, and good for Popeyes. I think also for 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 putting up a billboard and like you know again, no sweat off their back, giving you know giving giving him a, a little bit of a deal, and uh, it's cool. I'm I, you know I think there's there's been a lot of like nosh like uh, college sponsorship stuff going on, and I think this is like the first year of it happening, and I think. We've covered a decent amount of it on the pod, or we've, yeah, the top tier ones. Yeah, there's been some cool, fun stories that come out of it because I think one of the things that I don't know if I expected or anyone really kind of imagined was like, of course, you're going to have like the college superstar athlete that's going to do like the State Farm commercial, but then there's going to be a lot of guys like this player that like 
aren't going to get big time deals with anybody necessarily, right? Because if they are not superstar athletes at superstar schools, but then they can still do some like local brands in this case do or national brand, but like it kind of has led to some creative combinations of things, right? Like where we talked about the guy who has the coldest Ferguson doing air conditioning stuff. So it's kind of allowing for brands to kind of tap into some of these players that maybe aren't going to go to the pros or aren't going to get big time deals and put some dollars in their pockets. Yeah. I appreciate And it's a little bit like less precious too. That's what I mean. It's like you can, this is not a huge national television campaign, which it should be. They should roll this out at the Super Bowl. Oh, I, I'm, I'm thinking Super Bowl commercial. You think so? I, I mean, th- I think it should be. I think it could be. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did. But even if it's just one proud sponsor of, a, a, you know, a billboard in his hometown, like, I still think that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and I really think, cool. I think there's, like you said, there's some like low level, low, you know, sort of dollars clearly, but like, you know, some, some, some light advertising going on. And it benefits the players and it also like benefits the brands. And there's actually some interesting creative things that are coming from it. So I think it's it's cool to see it. And I think it's great, especially for 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 the for for Colin and for Popeyes. This is a win across the board for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that he's finally getting paid for that image. Yeah, that's also the thing. He probably hasn't seen much money, I'm sure. Probably zero. It's not even his video. It's not even his video, and it's his likeness. I'm sure he gets I'm sure he has to find some way to uh, monetize it, but it's pretty, it's, I can't imagine it's very easy or high paying. So Popeye's is a big, you know, is, is a big brand and, and it's, 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 it's good for him. So um, speaking of uh, sports, we got more sports for you. It's really a sports center here today. Um, the Paris Olympics are coming um, 2024. So I guess that's next year. Is this the winter Olympics? I believe it's summer. Summer because they push back the Olympics. Um, yeah, they push back because because of COVID, and so this is this is you're right. This is the Summer Olympics, which it feels like we just had the Summer Olympics, and is that because we did the 2020 Olympics in 2022? I don't, I don't, I have no sense. I don't know. It's feeling kind of fucked up to me. Yeah, I think the Summer Olympics of 2020 played that happened in. Because remember that was in Tokyo. Yeah, that was Japan, and that just happened, right? Like that. Did that just? When did that actually? Was that twenty twenty one? It happened in twenty twenty one. It happened in summer of twenty twenty one. So Jeez. I guess it was just one year later than it should have been. But I guess time is fucked up. But so we're back again with the Summer Olympics in twenty twenty four, and they're in Paris, which is interesting and exciting. And apparently there hadn't been much of a logo reveal, and so. Um, and there hasn't been much talk about it because um, I don't know. I don't know if anyone really cares about the Olympics and, at all, but I'm sure there's lots of people that do. This is, you know, Kevin, our, our, our listenership is actually quite international. So I'd imagine across the world, people are, are more Olympic fever than I feel like in America we get. But NBC has a plan to get enthusiasm and excitement going. Global for, enthusiasm. For the, for the 2024 Paris Olympics. Who did they bring in, Kevin? Paris Hilton. And, you know, there's a 25-second spot that starts with, a you know, sort of a deep French-sounding accent. It's like, next summer's, the eyes of the world will be on Paris. And then it's then enters Paris Hilton. And it says, oh, the other Paris. And I got to say, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. 
I love it. We talked about Paris Hilton um, being a, the perfect spo- sponsor for Hilton Hotels. And of course, that's her family. That's where the you know the Hilton name comes from. That's how she got famous in the first place. Obviously, you know, being the heiress of the Hilton family, and uh, you know, it was phenomenal. It was great. Paris can sell and should be promoting the Hilton hotel chains, and so here she is promoting the Paris Olympics. The perfect spokesperson for literally anything. <laughs> She's an icon. Like she literally is, and like. Is like, is it a little hokey and a little stupid? Absolutely. But are we talking about it? Yes, we are. And uh, there is a bit from a design perspective. Uh, it was our first time we saw the Paris logo. Did you catch that the A was the Eiffel Tower? I didn't notice that the A was the Eiffel Tower. I did think it looked quite funky and quite like graphic designy, for it, lack of a better term. It's because the Eiffel Tower is in Paris. Oh, so the Eiffel Tower is in Paris, and then the A, I think it, it's subtle, which is, I like it. I think if it was more straightforward, I think it'd be way hokier. But um, yeah, this is the reveal of the Paris uh, identity for 2024, and uh, Paris Hilton is a spokesperson, and um, good on NBC for doing something kind of silly and stupid, and um, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm sure there will be other people uh, talking about this logo or this icon. And I thought I saw a different Paris 2024 identity. I think that one may have been like stolen or something. That was from the past? No, I think somebody had like maybe copied that or maybe it wasn't final. Okay. With like the the girl with the hair, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, listen, Paris... Paris Hilton, Paris Olympics. Paris, France. Paris, France. Say no more. So TBD on this logo, but um, I'm looking at the old logo or the one that was originally on brand new, and now I'm looking at the new logo. I quite like this new logo better. Um, the other one has a, a female head attached to it, which I don't know. That, that feels a little weird and bizarre, but I'm looking at two different logos. Um, we'll see which one actually winds up being the real one, um, but uh, time will tell. And uh, but I guess you know, for me, I'm I'm a guy that starts paying attention to the Olympics like maybe the day before it goes live, maybe the day even after the like uh, opening ceremony. I'm like, oh, the Olympics are back. Maybe I'll watch. Um, you know, kind of uh, what do I like? I like the um, gymnastics. I feel like that's always kind of fun. Uh, basketball. Ryan is in the Summer Olympics. Yeah. Um, that's about it. <laughs> swimming. So every now and then swimming will catch me. You know, if there's like a, a big star, like a like a Phelps or... Uh, yeah, swimming's dope. Swimming is dope. Um, and that's the Olympic coverage here from 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 us. But I guess I, I'm, we're talking about the Olympics, and now I'm aware that the Olympics are coming, and, and it's all thanks to Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton is an absolute icon, and she could do whatever she wants. And the more things that Paris is promoting, the better, in my mind. Yeah, a good campaign. A good campaign, funny. And I think uh, something about the Olympics also, Leslie, it's like it takes itself very seriously because it's the World Games. So I think the idea that Paris Hilton would be promoting the Paris Olympics because they're in Paris is so stupid that for me, it's like, ah, oh, that's funny. Funny that we're actually not going to take ourselves that seriously. So shout out to NBC. Um, Kevin, moving on. So, um, Kevin, you know, uh, for, for me and many, many people across the world, a good night's sleep is hard to get. 
it's and I talked about this and I've been talking about this. My 2023 goal is to get more sleep. And uh, talking to some other people in the studio about sleep, um, I was I was shocked to hear by you know some of our teammates how little sleep they get at night. Um, and it's not because they don't want to sleep; it's because they struggle with falling asleep. And I know this sounds like an ad, and and and, and it is because sleep rules. This is an ad, this is an ad for sleep. Sleep is so good. Sleep is so good. But Kevin, there's a new product on the market, and this story comes from the die line. Our friends. Um, it's a new brand called Sweet Dreams, which shout out to them for getting that trademark. Sweet yeah. Dreams is like fantastic a, name. Is, is an absolute slam slam dunk of a name. It's one of those names that almost you know maybe maybe it was available because no one even thought to trademark it. It's that good. Um, and it's the first ready to eat cereal specifically designed to support a good sleep routine and a fresh start to the next day. So this is a cereal made with wholesome ingredients and a nighttime herbal blend of lavender, chamomile, vitamins and minerals like zinc, folic acid, and B vitamins to support natural melatonin production. So it comes in two flavors, blueberry midnight and honeydew moon glow. And uh, yeah, it's a sort of uh, supporting a better sleep cycle and uh, satisfying those nighttime food cravings. So functional food, Kevin, functional cereal. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would, tr- I would eat this. I'd have it on hand. It'd be good for a uh, you know midnight snack. Mm-hmm. Help you get somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're struggling to sleep, I know you have more thoughts, but I know you don't have the voice to communicate that. But like, I mean, here's the thing: I functional functional beverages. Hear me out, Kevin. Functional beverages have been around for a long time. And uh, I know this firsthand because I helped build the first one, which was vitamin water, the very first functional beverage on the market. Um, Alex invented functional beverages. I don't want to take credit for it, but I did invent, uh, yeah, the whole category. And so um, I'm I'm putting this out here in the ether. Functional foods is a category you might want to keep an eye on. Because I think this might be the next wave. I think Andrea at Snackshot has been, she's got her eye on this, on this ball. And, you know, she's, she's, she's well aware of this. And, um, but in many ways, all food is functional. Kevin, do you, uh, that's the thing that about food is it does serve a function. No way. But I think to this date, you know, it hasn't had adaptogens or nootropics. Um, you know, the things that vitamins, the things that really make for a great functional (laughs) beverage. So, I think more food products, whether it be cereal or bars or you know chips or even like cookies, I think we're going to start to see a little bit more of this kind of like to like a, a functional food f- foods that are promoting functions, specific yeah. functions, whether it's sleep or energy or focus or you know calm or whatever the fuck uh, benefits people need in this new world that we live in. So yeah, call your shot. I think this is something that you're going to see more of. I think the name of this is a home run. I found the packaging to be kind of a little over the place. It kind of has like, it's kind of a snoozer. It's kind of a snoozer. I think this could have been more exciting or more interesting. It kind of has like the bowl of cereal at the top, which is kind of weird. And it just, I don't know. It's, 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 it just doesn't feel incredibly modern. And I'm not like, Oh my God, I got to try this. It doesn't give me that routine or doesn't give me that feeling um does say part of a healthy sleep routine um 
and so I guess I'm I'm I guess I'm I'm here for the concept. I think the brand and the design of it is not giving me um, the juice that I wish it would. But um, I think this is interesting. My one last thought about it is like, I don't know, lavender and chamomile is like, I don't know if that's actually going to work. I don't. I don't feel like. I feel like it's more marketing than it is functional. I think it kind of sounds like it's going to taste good, though. It might taste good, and I think it could potentially help you. But I think if you're someone who really struggles with sleep, like if someone that like has a hard time going to sleep at night, I don't think this is your answer. Yeah, this ain't no sleepy time tea. No, I think you're going to need some more some more power in your sleep, you know, uh, regimen. So, but I do think this is the not the beginning, but I do think this is. You're going to start to see, I think, more of these type of things. And yeah, if you go to Erewhon and you see the fucking functional beverage aisle is like fucking a mile long. And, you know, I think it hasn't necessarily been the way in every category. And I think beverages, for whatever reason, probably because of vitamin water, really set the tone that drinking functional things, whether it's, you know, caffeine or nootropics or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, I think you're going to see more of this. But um, I don't think this brand is going to be the the hero of it. I think someone else will come in. And I don't know, Kevin, cereal is something more of a morning thing for me. You never sit on the couch and eat dry cereal? Rarely. I mean, I've had a bowl of like Lucky Charms or some shit like at, you know, at, at late night. So I'm, I'm not against, it's not like crazy to drink your cereal at night or to eat your cereal <laughs> at night. I just, I don't know. I think I'd rather have a morning cereal with caffeine. How about that? You know, that's what I'd rather have get my breakfast, get my energy and move on. So shout out to uh Pizzazz. Where's Pizzazz cereal? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, they kind of cornered themselves by calling it sweet dreams. They should they should should have been thinking bigger, Kevin. That's that's where you and I come in. Big thinkers. Big but, thinkers. But maybe they'll maybe maybe they'll just own sleep and keep going here. But I don't know. This 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 isn't this isn't gonna work from a branding perspective and I don't think it's gonna work from product perspective. And those are two things that I think are critical too long-term success we should order some and eat it on the pod and see how long it takes us to get sleepy yeah i I just don't yeah i don't know lavender chamomile it's like i'm you know where's the melatonin you know give me me the melatonin cereal and that's uh, in the oat milk yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta dose yourself kevin moving on um uh this is a new another story from the die line uh and it's called plastic free uh it is a website it is a portal it is a platform and it is something that every designer, I think, needs to know. It is a tool. And it's got a very clear goal, which is to arm and to empower and to educate designers for uh, sort of better materials and systems and solutions to make the world reliant on less reliant on plastic. And so, as we all know, plastic is the devil. Of, as we know, Plastic legitimately cannot be <laughs> recycled. It does not leave the earth once we consume it. And everything, so many of our products, packages, use plastic. It's a great material for its functional benefits, but it's a awful material for the environment. And so um, this is spearheaded by a, uh, a, a company called A Plastic Planet, which I'm quite familiar with um, because I've seen their founder, uh, Sion, uh, I believe, or Sean um, Sutherland. I've seen her talk quite a bit. She's amazing. She's super, pow- super, um, a, a powerful spokesperson for the environment. And um, she's teamed up with uh, Made Thought, which is another really great design studio, and also with Andrew um, and some of the Dyline crew. 
And so it's kind of like the right people came together and, you know, not just to like create like plastic free marks, which they've done in the past and, um, you know, do speaking engagements and spread information about sort of the environment and plastic. But I think this is like the thing that the design community has always needed, which is you got to empower designers to have the information so that they can go to their clients and just try to push for better options when it comes to materials. And I recognize that's a hard position. Designers, you know, can't be the only ones here to solve the problem. But I do think we all get briefs all the time where, you know, it's just a plastic container. And so you know that you you know that it's not great for the environment and you know that you're potentially not in a position always to make those calls. But if you can be more educated and, you know, sort of have tools to provide and be like, hey, here's not only a material, but here's also a, you know, sort of a place and a company that makes, that provides the the sort of um, th that material and a place where you can kind of get that information to share with others is really, really effective in my mind. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And a place with like case studies too. Yeah. So, so you like, can point to it. Yeah. So resources and references and things like that, that just like, you know, so they have a quote here. It says, we have one simple goal to make the designer the smartest, most confident person in the room to push back against the inevitable brief that says just use a bioplastic or a recycled polymer. So we get a green tick. She added above all our focus is on system change, not just better materials. So I think they're taking this, they're using the right approach which is if they can empower and ignite creatives, which is I'm reading kind of what they're saying, by giving them sort of the relevant data, inspiring case studies, we believe that change can happen. So I think as a podcast that does speak to designers, if they're still listening to us because of our, uh, our love of football and Kevin's uh, crazy voice today, like I do think this is an important moment in our environmental future where, you know, I think people, the consumers are preferring to not consume plastic in many ways. I think the new generation wants to support brands that are supporting the planet. And so it's not just because it's like the right thing to do. It's also because it's cool and also because people are going to purchase your product more readily if you are not fucking the planet. And you've seen it with Liquid Death. You've seen it with other brands that are sort of taking the stance and winning so I think that's what it takes to make real change, I think, is like for consumers to actually use their wallets to support brands that are putting the planet first. Absolutely. This is really cool. And Let's so, fucking go. And so shout out to um, shout out to the teams I mentioned, Dylan and, and, and sort of uh, Plastic Planet and Made Thought, because another thing that I really like that they've done here is if you go on the website and you watch some of the videos, you go on the Instagram, it's all really well designed. And it doesn't look like your traditional sort of environmental charity. It looks like designers designed it and it looks cool and it looks like something you want to be a part of. And it looks like something that like isn't lame and sort of traditional in the way that a lot of charity stuff feels and looks often where you see like uh, landfills and you see sort of like uh, just like generic bad design. This is using design to help recruit designers to change the way they design. 
And I think that's the right way to go for it. Like the plastic planet, like identity looks fucking sick. Like it looks really cool. Like I think you would be a proud member to be a part of this. And I think they should sell merch. Like I didn't really like the identity of it all in this video that kind of shows off the, the, the tool and sort of the new website is particularly amazing and really fascinating to watch and see kind of the story unfold and the type and the design of everything. It's just like, it's really, it's the right approach. It's the right idea. It's the right platform. It's the right tool. And it's the right uh, branding of this tool as well. So I think it's just like checks all the boxes for me. And it's something that I think if you um, take away one thing from today's podcast, it's the Bengals made a really fucking sick play and also go to plastic free uh dot com i believe is the actual website um yes plasticfree.com so pretty impressive um pretty impressive uh, domain name go take it a, go go take a look through it go look through the materials and the case studies and yeah it's 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 really all there for you to consume and then also to actually put into action and to like yeah to get actually the the resources that you need to actually like implement change not just like you know, it, it, it's actually going to provide suppliers um, for designers as well. So um, go check that out and and definitely get involved there. Plasticfree.com. So shout out, shout out. Then uh, also enter the Dylan Awards. It's not too late to submit your entry. Dylan Awards uh, coming fast and furiously here. So it's award season. Get your entries in. And then one last final story, Kevin. So, you know, I'm a New Yorker, <laughs> right, Kevin? Yep. Yeah. Kevin's from Ohio. I'm from New York. And uh, you know what? You know, one of the things that I think New York is most well known for pizza. Oh, I think yeah. Our greatest export, I'll be honest, bagels and pizza from a food perspective. 100%. Uh, it's not even close. But you know who really, um, <laughs> when I think of New York pizza, you know who I think of? Pizza Hut. <laughs> so, Kevin, apparently um, uh, in the 90s, there was a. Uh, a hit at Pizza Hut called the Big New Yorker. And apparently that was kind of like, it kind of set the stage for future indus- industry innovations. Wait, I need to read this quote. Yeah, the quote's amazing. Okay, so I have a quote here. So basically, long story short, pizza was inspired by the spirit of New York and that it's big. So if you get Pizza Hut, it's kind of a smaller pie. But the Big New Yorker is an extra large pizza that's as big and bold as the city that never sleeps. Wow, so, that's big. Yeah, so it's a big pizza and it's foldable and it, I guess it, you know, it mimics New York fucking pizza. And because because it's big, because it's big, and it is, it still looks too thick and just like all sorts of pizza hutty. But it's it's just a bigger pie and I guess it's a little thinner than probably the average pizza. So they're claiming that this was a hit in the 90s. I don't remember it, but again, I'm from New York, so I I would never eat. um, I don't need to get New York-style pizza. But there's a quote from Lindsay Morgan. She is the chief marketing officer at Pizza Hut. And she said, quote, The Big New Yorker was a huge hit when we launched it in 1999, setting the stage for future industry innovations like Pizza Hut melts and Detroit-style pizza. Um, quote, at 30% larger than our large pizza, now is the perfect time to answer our customers' requests and bring back the big New Yorker in a big way right before the big game next month. Big. Wow. So, Kevin, I have a couple things here. One, I've never heard of this pizza. 
Who is asking for this? I don't think anybody is asking for this. And I laugh out loud thinking that the Pizza Hut melt is a big innovation. It is essentially just a pizza that is folded over on top of each other. And it is, Domino's has one. I think literally I saw um, uh, uh, fucking uh, Pizza Pizza. Uh, what's little Caesars? Little Caesars. Um, they have one of these. Like literally, everyone on planet Earth has figured out that if you fold a pizza in half, take the same fucking ingredients and like make it a melt or just call it something else, it is fucking legitimately uh, another product that you could sell on a menu. But it's legitimately the same fucking pizza, same same everything, just folded on itself. And I, the fact that they're calling that an innovation is. Laugh out loud, funny. They already did it. It's called a calzone. Yeah, it's already a calzone, but it's like somehow worse than a calzone because it's like at least the calzone is like has something. Yeah, it's got a pocket. It's got a pocket. This is just literally pizza that's just been folded on top of each other. Um, and Detroit style pizza, that's not an innovation. That's literally a type of pizza that you didn't create that you just tapped into. No, they created it. No. And then the fact that they're selling the big New Yorker, I don't know. This is like. I'm sorry. Here's what I will say, right? Pizza Hut has a time and a place. Like, I used to love going to Pizza Hut when I was a kid. Yeah, I will it's say called that. the 90s. It's called the 90s, it's but also- It's called the 90s in the suburbs. The suburbs, yeah. And that's fair. And like Domino's, even today, right? Like, I'm never ordering Domino's, but I can understand. I'm not that one of those elite New Yorkers that's like, oh, I would never eat Domino's. Like, there's a time and a place for it, and maybe it is related to football, and it's related to sort of like, you know, kind of like, it's, it's a novelty pizza. It's like a different type of pizza. Like, again, I eat a lot of pizza, trying to eat less this year. But like, and yes, I'm going to order it from a local like pizza place that does coal fired pizza or like better pizza, <laughs> like whether it's Neapolitan or coal or whatever. And even if I'm going to do regular pizza, like regular regular pizza, I'm going to Joe's because they have the best New York traditional pie in New York. This is. So Domino's fits outside of that. And I guess there's a time and a place for it. I don't know. I, for me, it's not really often. I'm talking maybe once every couple years even. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, don't know. I'm, I'm not ordering uh, Domino's fast food bullshit pizza. But like, be what you are. Don't try to be New York pizza. You're not New York pizza, pizza. Yeah, bring back the stuffed crust. Bring back the fucking stuffed crust. Yeah, that is great. Or bring back those like... Um, those like red lamps that used to have like, I don't know. Like there's some things about pizza hut. <laughs> no one's going to get that reference, but like the design of some of their old stores in the nineties, like, they had these, these crazy red lamps <clears throat> and they had these like red cups. And like, I don't know. There was just something really magical about, it. and this is maybe it's just my nostalgia of my childhood. Like they had the salad bar, right. Where they would just, you know, kind of, I, I don't know. I'm looking at, I'm looking, I'm looking at a photo right now, classic pizza out of the nineties. And you get these like red cups and you get this, like, um, the, they literally made the restaurant to look like the logo. They made the logo that looks like, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's like all of this, they should just open that up and just be like, just the nostalgia. Like no one has nostalgia for the big New Yorker. And I think they learned, I think from Taco Bell and we've talked about this on the program, like, these brands that have hits from the past, kind of like Nike, right? You know, they got the shoes from the 90s. They remodel them, they restore them, and they bring them back, and, like, people go crazy for them because they're like, oh, yeah, that's the shoe I wanted when I was a kid, and, like, now I'm going to buy it as an adult, or they, there's a certain sense of nostalgia. Stop it with the fake nostalgia. 
Stop, stop, stop engineering nostalgia and stop trying to bring back things that nobody is asking for. I refuse to believe that anyone on the internet was like, man, where's the big New Yorker? That's facts. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it reminds me, it looks like Sparrow too. Like that's what this pizza looks like, which I guess in some ways is New York pizza, but just like, stop it, stop it. Get out of here. Stop it. Stop it. Pizza Hut. Go like, off King. But here's my one thing I will say on a positive note, because I like to end the podcast on positive positivity. We're a positivity podcast, right? The new old Pizza Hut logo rules. Like I saw it on the press release and like I barely could focus on the press release. I was focused way more on the logo and the fact that they did eventually bring back the kind of classic Seraphy logo with the sort of red hut top. Like that logo goes so hard and it is so great. And I'm so glad that it's back. And I was kind of looking, if you, I'm now I'm looking at logo history. So they have Pizza Hut like through the years, like the 50s to today. And there was that logo from the 70s, 80s, and 90s that they went away from in the 2000s. And I'm so glad that they just kind of slid that guy right back in because it is no notes, no changes, perfect. Just leave it. Don't change it ever again. So good on you, Pizza Hut, for doing that. It was the right move. But you know what? If you want to get nostalgic for the 90s, don't don't bring back these shitty pizzas. Bring back the good stuff. And I would say focus on the experience. This is what I would do if I was pizza. I would open up. You know, I, I, do they still have Pizza Hut locations? I imagine they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they probably have thousands. Um, yeah, make those things fucking dope. Like, make like I, I imagine it's probably sad and awful to eat in a Pizza Hut. Like, I'm looking at them now. Yeah, they just look like generic fast food. Like, make it a place. They closed 500 of them. Yeah, this is the thing. It's like, make it bring it bring it back to the to the to the hut that I know and, and I love, and I would be there in a second for that experience so I can relive that part of my childhood. Stuffed crust pizza, sa- salad bar, fucking weird red cups, lights with the sort of fringe on them, and uh, yeah, I'd be there. I'd be there for that. So um, the pod's back. Kevin's voice is, is he, he's saying, he's doing a lot of head nodding on the podcast. And uh, it's because he has no voice. And I would say he would sound better next week, but God knows. We'll you're, see. We'll you're, see. You're going to the game, Bills, Bengals. It's, I'll it's, do my best. I would not count. I, I would count on it getting only worse from here. So we'll figure out what the hell we do about that. But um, uh, we're back, and uh, it's good to see you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. This is my Jordan flu game. Yeah. How'd Kevin do? Give, give him some positive um, remarks in the comments. Let, no, or, or just blame me. Or just flame Kevin and say, um, you have one job, and that's to have a voice. And uh, he blew it I Actually, out. I have multiple jobs here at Center. That's true. He's got multiple jobs. But one of the most important ones is to talk into a microphone. And unfortunately, you can't do your job. This is what I say to the designers. Like, go out on the weekends. Do whatever you want. Just keep your designer hand intact. You know, Make sure you don't do, any, do anything too crazy. Um, fall on your left-hand side. Kevin, your vocal cords. We need to work on this. I know, you know? now I need... Now I know you never told me that before, so now I know. Yeah, I guess I never really told you that to keep, try to keep yeah. your voice. Um, or we need a vocal coach, maybe potentially. You know, when singers are on the road and they really struggle, like your voice is is, is very important, Kevin. Yeah, so, I need to be able to yell for longer and yeah, louder. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Kevin, I'll see you next week. Peace. Prove this message.